Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is to see everyone attend church and hear from God daily through His Word. The Bible reveals God's responses to various situations, and through daily devotions, we can reshape our thought patterns, transform our minds, and become more Christ-like. Join us here every Monday through Friday as different pastors and leaders from Fusion Church provide insightful devotions and teachings based on the day's scripture. For the current SOAP reading plan, visit fusionchurch.cc SOAP and join us as we deepen our understanding and relationship with God. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Freedom Friday, another week. It just, I feel like it was just yesterday that I was sitting over here saying good morning to you guys. Man, time is just seems to be flying by. Oh man, so, but we are today in Nehemiah 5. Nehemiah 5. Uh, let us begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your goodness, your mercy, your favor, your grace, your peace, your joy. Father, so many things that that we are just grateful for, my Lord. And I just ask you that you can just be with us, Father, let it be you and not us. Father, speak to our hearts this morning. And I thank you and I thank you and I thank you in advance for all that you're doing for us. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, all right. Stretch if you need to. And my lovely Sandra with us. Okay, good morning. I am reading out of the Life Application Study Bible, and this is the NIV version. We're in Nehemiah 5, starting with verse 1. It says, Now the men and their wives raised a great outcry against their Jewish brothers. Some were saying, We and our sons and daughters are numerous. In order for us to eat and stay alive, we must get grain. Others were saying, we're mortgaging our fields, our vineyards, and our homes to get grain during the famine. Still others were saying, we have to borrow money to pay the king's tax on our fields and vineyards. Although we are of the same flesh and blood as our countrymen, and though our sons are as good as theirs, yet we have to subject our sons and daughters to slavery. Some of our daughters have already been enslaved, but we're powerless because our fields and our vineyards belong to others. When I heard their outcry and these charges, I was very angry. I pondered them in my mind and then accused the nobles and the officials. I told them, you are exacting usury from your own countrymen. So I called together a large meeting to deal with them and said, as far as possible, we have bought back our Jewish brothers who were sold to the Gentiles. Now you're selling your brothers only for them to be sold back to us. They kept quiet because they could not find nothing to say. So I continued, what are, what you're doing is not right. Shouldn't you walk in fear of our God to avoid the reproach of our Gentile enemies? I and my brothers and my men are also lending the money uh, excuse me, lending the people money and grain, but let the exacting of usury stop. Give back to them immediately their fields, vineyards, olive groves, and houses, and also the usury you're charging them, the hundredth part of the money, grain, new wine, and oil. We will give it back, they said, and we will not demand anything more from them. We'll do as you say. Then I summoned the priests and made the nobles and the officials take an oath to do what they had promised. 
I also shook out the folds of my robe and said, in this way, may God shake out of, out of his house and possessions every man who does not keep this promise. So may such a man be shaken out and emptied. At this, the whole assembly said, amen, and praised the Lord. And the people did as they had promised. Moreover, from the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when I was appointed to be their governor in the land of Judah, until his 32nd year, 12 years, neither I nor my brothers ate the food allotted to the governor. But the earlier governors, those preceding me, placed a heavy burden on the people and took 40 shekels of silver from them, in addition to food and wine. Their assistants also lorded it over the people. But out of reverence for God, I did not act like that. Instead, I devoted myself to the work on this wall. All my men were assembled there for the work. We did not acquire any land. Furthermore, 150 Jews and officials ate at my table, as well as those who came to us from the surrounding nations. Each day, ox, six choice sheep, and some poultry were prepared for me, and every 10 days, an abundant supply of wine of all kinds. In spite of all this, I never demanded the food allotted to the governor because the demands were heavy on these people. Remember me with favor, oh my God, for all I've done for these people. Amen. 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 Thank you, Sandra. Amen. Wow. Wow. You know, stretch if you need to again, but you know, we, we are in Nehemiah 5. And, and, and to, un- to try to understand this, you know, we've been studying uh, Nehemiah for the last few days. And, you know, the, the, the wall in Jerusalem that was, you know, destroyed was being rebuilt. You know, so we get, we get to this certain point right now that the temple was completed. They were finishing up the walls, trying to get them completed. So there was a lot of work to be accomplished. There was a lot of things to be done. But a couple of things that they were, even though they were rebuilding this wall, there was always danger all the way around them. You know, so the men were, were, were given this task to build the walls. And then at nighttime, uh, nighttime, they were told, you know, why don't you stay here uh, and Yahweh, you can protect us, you know. So there, the, there was a big burden put upon the men. You find that in, in chapter four, verses 21 and 22. Also, you know, because uh, of them staying there, you know, they they slept with all their clothes on. They, they didn't remove them except for watching. And you see that again in chapter four. So there was a, a, a lot of pressure being put. On, on the man to, to rebuild the wall, you know, and it was all for a good reason. But along with that, you were taking the man away from their homes. You were taking the man away from their families and, uh, and they were greatly being missed. And that's why it starts off with verse one. It says, and, and, and there was a great outcry of the people and their wives, you know, emphasis, their wives, you know, that uh, against the Jewish brethren. You know, for there are those that said, we, our sons and our daughters are many. Therefore, let us get grain that we may eat and live. So you got to understand that if the husbands are building the wall, they're not getting, they're not working to to get finances for food. They're not working to, to meet the need of the house. Why? Because they were meeting the need that they had of rebuilding the wall. You know, and and this this group right here of people, you know, the husbands were absent. They were absent, and this put a hardship on their families. 
to put a big hardship on the families. And then there, then there was, was another sort of uh, group of people, you know, that in verse three, it says, there were also some who said, we have mortgaged our lands and our vineyards and our houses that we may buy grain because of the famine. So this second group, you know, they, they, they needed the finances, they needed the money, but they couldn't work the land. So because they couldn't work the land and they needed money, some of them had to mortgage their land. They had to put it up for a bit. They had to, you know, now anything to get grain, anything to be able to, to survive, you know. So, so the this, this second group, they were forced to mortgage their properties, you know, just to survive, just to get some finances. But yet they were doing the work of the Lord. They were they were rebuilding the wall. So again, again, the men were doing what they felt in the heart to do to rebuild the wall. But this was a great burden, a great burden. And now there was a third group. There was a third group in verse four. It says, and there were also those that said, "We have borrowed money to pay taxes, to pay taxes." Because why? Even though some of them had land, even though some of them had vineyards. You know, they were not tending the vineyards because why? Because they were building up the wall, you know, and and it, and they put a lot of pressure on these families. And 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 it also that the, the pressure of, of having children, it said that many of them have many children. So how do you feed your family on uh, uh, one hand and how do you build the wall on the other hand? So there was like a tug of war going on between them. Because, you know, they wanted to do the will of the, uh, of the Father, you know, God, but then they, they had to meet needs. And I don't know about you, but if there's no food on my table, my wife is going to be upset. My kids are going to be upset, you know, and, it, and there's going to be arguments. There's going to be arguments like, how come you're not home? How come you're not taking care of business? And you're trying to say, well, I am taking big care of business. But what was happening, it was something that, that put a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure. And, and, and again, all these different groups, you know, they're coming together, you know, they, they, they all have one thing in common. They needed food. They needed nourishment. And they were doing the best they can. And they were, and they were trying to get money for it. They were putting the, the land uh, at the, in, uh, up, up for sale. They were putting, they were just trying to get it in. And, it, and, it, and this was a practice that was done throughout the Old Testament, you know, the Old Testament law in Exodus 21 talks about it. Leviticus 25, he also talks about it, you know, but it, it also says that the, sometimes it, the, the children will put up for, for slaves. The children will turn over so that way they can get finances so they can get grain so even the kids you know uh, were suffering especially for the females because the females once they were removed from their home and they and they were taken to to become a slave to another family you know you don't know what's going to happen there could have been incest there could have been rape going on and all this stuff so that they were putting the daughters you know up in harm and and i think i think at this point the people that they were selling the land to, the people that they were uh, putting this mortgage uh, and borrowing money from, they were their own people. It was their brethren. It was the same, you know, the same group. Because you have the high class and you have the low class. High class has everything. The low class doesn't have anything. So I think that these nobles that they talked about here were taking advantage of the people. 
were taking advantage of the people. You know, and it says in verse in verse six, it says, and I became very angry when I heard. That's Nehemiah, because he's he's coming into the picture. You know, he's he's looking at what's going on, what's going on, and he sees this going this this thing happening. And there was such an outcry, an outcry. And it says in verse seven, after serious thought, that means he thought about it. He says, what, what can we do? This cannot continue. This cannot continue. And he said, he thought about it and he rebuked all the nobles and the rulers and said to each, each of you is acting usually. That word usually that yeah, for me, I never heard it before. So I had to look it up and, and look it up. And, it, and, it's, and, it, and that the meaning for that is, Illegal action or practice on lending money at on an unreasonable high rate. So they was charging high interest, you know, for the money that they were lending them. And, and they shouldn't be doing that. The people were already poor, you know, and, and you keep lending me money and you are charging a high rate to their own people. Nehemiah became very angry with the nobles and the rulers because he felt they were pressing the people who owned them, the dual creditors and seizing their properties. So they were, you know, they were taking advantage of, you know, and again, I want to, you know, this is their own people. Sometimes we don't know, but we can put pressure on somebody else. We can put pressure on somebody else. And here, the pressure, the people were feeling it. We're feeling it. And and he, and he goes right into verse eight. It says, and I said to them, according to our, our abilities, we have redeemed our Jewish brethren who were sold into the nations. Now, indeed, you will even sell your brethren. So here he's telling them, you're selling your own people. You are selling your own people, you know, because of this high interest that is high interest but then you know they forgot a lot of these leaders they forgot the word of god because back in exodus 22 25 he says if you lend money to any of my people any of your brethren if you lend money who are poor among you you shall not be like the money lenders to them you shall not charge an interest you shall not charge interest so there were laws that they already had in place, but yet the wall was being built, but at what cost? At what cost was that wall being built? Because, you know, you read all these chapters before this, and it, and it talks about the wall being built, and it was a good thing that they were coming together and all that. But now in the process of rebuilding the wall, this was a hardship that was taking place. This was a hardship that was taking place within, within the people of God at that particular time. And Nehemiah saw this. Nehemiah saw this, and he got upset about it. Because, you know, whatever we do, whatever we do for the kingdom of God, we need to do that in love. We need to do that in love. We don't need to put no burden on anybody, you know, like that, like they were doing here. In Colossians 3.23, he says, whatever you do, do it wholly as unto the Lord and not unto man. So whatever we do, we got to do it the right way. And here, the brethren, their own brethren, was putting pressure on their own brothers, putting that pressure, charging those high interests, charging and doing all that kind of stuff. And Nehemiah said, uh-uh, this got to stop. And Nehemiah said in verse 9, and I said, what are you doing is not good. He put him, I put it right there. You ain't, you ain't right. 
you ain't right. You're charging this much. You shall not walk in the fear of our God because of the reproach of the nations, our enemies. So in other words, he was telling them, you're treating your brothers just like the enemies have treated us. You're treating them just the same. You know, so the nobles, you know, and the officials were making this particular hardship that the people had because it was a, a real hardship because they needed to feed their family. And here they were selling everything they had just to make ends meet, just to put bread on the table. I don't know about you, but I've been in those crises when you don't have. Have you ever felt that way, that you don't have it? You don't have enough money in the bank. You don't have enough money to, to buy food. I remember, and I remember back in the day, you know, going to the store, putting some stuff on the counter. And when they add it all up, I end up putting stuff back. Been there, done that. Just didn't have the money. I remember those days when you would get a phone call, because back in the day when I was younger, they didn't have the cell phones they have today. You know, they had the dial telephone number. You remember those dial telephone numbers? You go, you spend, you spend five minutes just making a phone call. But back in the day, that phone used to ring and I used to dread picking it up because I knew that it was a tax collector. I knew that it was a bill collector. I knew that they were going to ask me, where's my payment? So you feel this stress, you know, that you didn't want to pick up. You didn't want to pick up. And I, and, and, yeah, let me take it one more step even deeper than that. Getting a credit card to pay bills. Come on. Getting a credit card to pay bills, and now you still own the bill at a high rate. You know, so it's difficult. It's difficult. And I saw so this is how these people felt. They felt like their backs were against the wall, and they were crying out. And, and, and Nehemiah heard about this, and in verse 10, he says, I also, my brethren and my servants, and lending them money and grain. Please let us stop this. Let us stop this usury. You know, so this this usury. You know, where again they were high. They were charging high, high interest. But Nehemiah, and at no time was he admitting that he was doing that because he wasn't. You know, I think that he was just making a point that they needed to act more in kindness and less as a business person because they were treating each other uh, as a business and they were charging too much rate. And, and it was okay to land because that's a good thing. That was a good thing for the people. And, and because in, even in Psalms, Psalms uh, 37, 26, he says, he is ever merciful and lands and his descendants are blessed. So, you know, so if you have it and you can land it, you know, that was a good thing because you were helping out your brother. You were helping out your sisters, you know. In Psalms uh, 112, verse 5, it says, a good man deals graciously and lends. Graciously, and there's a right way of doing things, and then there's a wrong way of doing things. And according to this, these particular nobles, these particular rulers were going all about it in the wrong way. They were putting extra pressure, extra pressure that was not needed that was not needed you know and, and like i said earlier i know what it is when the phone rings and it's a bill collector and this is how these individuals felt you know because now they they don't have the money they sold everything they have they're selling their kids into uh, slavery 
just to meet the end, you know, just to get food, you know, and they sold their property. So now if they sell their property, they don't have nothing. How are they going to make money later on? They can't because there's nothing there for them to grow on. You know, but what, but what does Nehemiah say, tells us? Nehemiah says, says in verse 11, he says, restore to them, even this day their land and their vineyard and their olive groves and their houses and also a hundredth of the money and the grain and the new wine and the oil, you know, that you have charged them. In other words, Nehemiah was telling them, return everything, return everything to them. You know, at this point, I think some people will go like, uh-uh, uh-uh, it's mine now. You know, I own this now. But guess what? Because Nehemiah was a man of God, and Nehemiah was bringing correction to them, telling them, you know, this is not the way of doing it. And he was doing everything. I believe that his words were, were the perfect words that, that that spoke in love. He was, I don't believe that he was, that he was, uh, uh, demeaning them. I don't believe that he was bringing them down, but I think that when we speak and if we speak in love, it goes a long way. If whatever we do, we do it as unto the Lord. It goes a long way. And here, this is a lesson that, you know, that we, that I, I take it personally that, you know, that sometimes, you know, if things are not going the way you should, then we need to sit down. Then we need to talk about it and come to a conclusion but if we and if we do that in love man it, it, that, that's the perfect thing because why because now we can bring understanding into it so the people here you know received this word for nehemiah and look what they do then verse 12 he says and they said we will restore it we will restore it because the way that it was told to them the way that they received this word it made an impact it made an impact that they didn't feel threatened. They made it, and sometimes, you know, sometimes people do things that they don't know that is wrong, that they don't know, they don't realize how it's hurting somebody else. You know, and sometimes, you know, people make mistakes and, 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 and that could have been possible for some of these individuals here. They didn't realize the hurt that they were causing, you know, and it took, and it took the men of God just to sit there and tell them these things. And they say, we will restore it. But then they, they take it one step further. You know, they, they say, and we will require nothing from them. In other words, everything is done. Everything is done. You know, they owe us anything, you know. And then, then the, Nehemiah told him, then I called the priests and require an oath that they would do according to the promise. So Nehemiah called the priests and said, come on, we need to make an oath. You know, we want to make sure that we put this to bed. And that everybody it has the same understanding, and everybody would do, you know. And, it, and then in verse thirteen it goes into. Then I then I I shook off the folds of my garments and said, "So may God shake out each man from the house and from the property he does not if he does not perform the promises." In other words, he was doing an uh, uh, an illustration that he took out his pockets and he emptied them out. He says. If you don't keep this oath, if you don't keep this promise that you already said, you know, God is going to shake you out. He's going to empty you out because you went against what you said you were going to do. You know, and again, and because he was speaking in such a manner, but I feel that they were receiving it in correction, but they were receiving it in love. 
you know, it says it says there at the at the end of uh, 13, and all the assembly said, Amen and praise the Lord. Amen and praise the Lord. And if you think about that, amen and praise the Lord. They were praising God because they were giving everything back. They were, pra- they were praising God because now they knew that, that they were going to do things the right way. So there was, there was correction being done here, but it was being done in love, you know. And now this could have gone all kinds of ways, if you were to think about it, because humankind is humankind, you know. And man, sometimes men have, there may be, man may be uh, greedy at times, and man may do the wrong things. And this could have gone all kinds of ways, but because Nehemiah did everything in love, you know, that they were able to see and they were able to turn around and they were able to 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 listen to the word the word of Nehemiah, you know, and took the correction and, and, and they were guided by it, that their hearts were touched by it and that they all agreed and said, amen. In other words, this amen brought unity and it brought healing to the people. Unity and healing. So there are times, there are times, you know, that we can be going through some stuff. And there are times that we can be uh, in hardship, that we can be in a time that we don't know what to do, that we can, just like these people, they had the backs against the wall. At least that's how they felt. They didn't know what to do or who to turn to, but there was an outcry. You know, and we as as sons and daughters of Jesus Christ, you know, when we go through stuff, when we call upon the name of the Lord, he hears us. He hears us and he will bring healing and he will bring correction. Like I said earlier, I know what it is to have to be in lack. I know what it is to have those phone calls. I know how it is to get those letters in the mail and say, if you don't pay this up, we're going to do X, Y, Z. Been there, done that. But praise the Lord, I learned from that. I learned what not to do. I learned to do things different. I learned to give unto the Lord what belongs to him. You know, I learned to be faithful in my giving, to be faithful in my action. And whatever I do has to be done in love, has to be done in love. And I, and I believe right here, and, and this is just this first, you know, this first 13 verses that I, that I just, that we did the study on, that we can see that even though Nehemiah got upset, even though he got angry, because it says that he got angry, right? But I believe he spoke to them in such a way that it melted their heart, that they were able to say, we will give them back everything, and they owe us nothing. Wow. That's, that. what a blessing that is. You know, when, when that restoration came to all these families that were in hardship, all these families that lost their houses, lost their children, you know, to slavery, you know, and we don't know, and I don't know how long this was taking. This could have been for quite a period of time, but yet again, you know, brought healing to the people. And because one man, you know, he wanted, he wanted them to, to, to walk in the way that God intended for them to walk and, and to follow his laws, you know, and he was able to turn them around and they received it and they said, amen. Amen and amen. And they they were united. They received healing. And that is the way that God works. So my brothers and sisters, if today you are going through a hardship, you are going through a difficult time, we call upon the name of the Lord and he will answer. You know, you're going through a hardship. You're going through a difficult times. You're going through a misunderstanding with someone. 
well, you know, do everything in love, do everything in love, just like they did here. Because Nehemiah, you know, he brought that word and that word just healed, that word restored, and they did everything in the right way. And they praise God because he says, amen, and they praise Dolo. So they ended everything with praise, with praising God and giving God the glory and giving God the honor. Why? Because my Lord knows what he's doing. My Lord, if he has orchestrated for you to be able to do something or go someplace or bring some type of teaching, it is because God is stretching you to bring that teaching, to bring that good word. And especially in the season that we're in, that we just started, you know, the connect groups and everybody's taking off right now. And all these people are meeting in different places. God has given you all a voice to speak his word, to speak his word, speak his word in love, speak his word in compassion and in mercy. And it would be received in such a, a spiritual way that the eyes are going to be open. Hearts are going to be touched. Bodies are going to be healed. Homes are going to be restored because the word of the Lord fulfills what is sent out to do. The word of the Lord never comes back void. The word of the Lord always brings restoration. The word of the Lord always brings peace. The word of the Lord always brings comfort. The word of the Lord always brings hope. The word of the Lord always brings mercy because it is a life word. That word is alive and that word produces in every area. So my brothers and sisters, I'm just speaking this word of life over you that your God, our God, our Lord Jesus Christ is bigger than anything that we are facing today. He is bigger than any situation. He is bigger than any government, any laws, anything out there. He is bigger and he's sitting on the throne. He's sitting on the throne and he says, come up to me, all those who are, are tired and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I will give you hope. God's hand is extended to us this Friday morning and he's telling you, I have you. You are mine. I will show you. I will protect you. I will guide you. I will lead you. I will comfort you. I will embrace you. I will give you peace. That surpasses understanding. That is the word of the Lord for you this morning. Take it, my brothers and sisters. And be confident in it that he is moving. And if you don't feel it, it's not by feeling. It is by faith. Because you don't have to feel anything. You know, it is by faith. By faith in his word. By faith in his promises. And trusting him. And he's going to fulfill that. And he's going to turn things around. So whatever it is that you're facing today, know that Jesus is right there with you. Holy Spirit is in you. An angel charge over you, stands by you. Come on now. And the father is sitting there looking down at you and saying, well done. Well done. You know, and if we, when we turn to the Lord like this and we come to him, he makes a way where there is no way. He makes a way. So if you're looking for something this morning and you have had a hard time, be comforted that it's not over yet, that God is in control. And God is moving things in the background that you don't see. 
but you got to call it out by your word. You got to give it life. You got to say, Lord, I thank you in advance for my healing. I thank you for touching me. I thank you for restoring me. I thank you for my marriage. I thank you for my kids. Yeah, my kids, even that the, the, the hard head one over there that doesn't want to listen. Lord, I thank you that you are speaking to his heart. You are speaking to her heart and you are moving on their behalf. I thank you for my home, my family, my kids. You know, it's what we could say out of our mouth. The word of God says that life and death is in the power of the tongue. So be careful what you declare. Be careful what you say. Let it be life. I speak life this morning, just like Nehemiah, you know, in this dreadful situation. They were doing a good thing, building the wall, but they were put, they were, there was a lot of pressure being put upon them. And he brought, and he came in and he brought light and he brought hope, you know, to the people. And, and, and he brought healing and restorations to the family. And I can just think about, I think about, wow, all those kids coming back home, all those kids that were out there sold into slavery, and now they were being returned. And how that feeling must have been for those families. So you see, my brothers and sisters, God is good. God is good. And he's working it out for you this morning. He's working it out for you this morning. Speak life. Speak life over it, and you're going to see how things are going to be turned around. Even today, God is moving, and even at this second, God is healing, and God is restoring. And even right now, as I say these words of healing and restoration, your body is being touched. Your hearing is being touched. Your sight is being touched. Your tongue is being loosened. He's healing your muscles, your back, your side, your nerve. He's coming against diabetes. He's coming against sickness and disease. And he's saying, by my stripes, you are healed. By my stripes, you are well. That's the word of the Lord this morning. My brothers and sisters, I love you. And I have to go. Have a blessed weekend. Keep your focus. Keep your focus. The best is yet to come. We see each other on Sunday. Meet with your groups. Be expecting. Be expecting a blessing from the Lord. If you don't expect that, it will never come. So you got to be in anticipation. Now you're going to receive a gift. Come on now. You know how it is when you're going to get a gift. You know how it is. If, you're gonna, if it's your birthday and, and they're taking you someplace, you know you're going to get something. Well, be expecting that same expectation. Just be expecting from the Lord. Lord, I'm here. I'm here, Lord God, that you will be done. And I thank you in advance for your gift. I thank you in advance for touching. And I thank you in advance for your presence. Let us pray. Lord God, I thank you. I praise you. I thank you for all my brothers and sisters. Father God, I pray that you would just be there with them. I thank you for their healing. I thank you for their strength, their peace, and their joy, their restoration for their homes, their families, their marriages, Father God, for their children, their loved ones, those ones that are not, they're not even listening to you this morning, Father God. But you have a way of reaching them, Father God. You said to believe. And if you believe, all things are possible because for you, there's nothing that you cannot do. So I thank you. We trust you. We believe in you. And we thank you in advance. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. Have a blessed weekend. See you guys on Sunday. Keep your focus. Keep your focus. Love you.